In our wonderful day in the Lord broadcast, we, we have been traveling down the biblical route 66. And we are in the book of Psalms now, and we're slowing down a little bit to take in the sights. Uh, it's easy uh, as you travel across the country to be traveling through beautiful uh, territory, especially long stretches, and, and you're looking out the window of your car and you're, you see these beautiful mountains or other scenery, and you say to the children who are in the back seat, hey kids, look at that, isn't that beautiful? And they look up from their iPads, look out the window for a second or two, say, yeah, that's, that's wonderful, Dad, and, and then stick their nose right back in their iPad. Yeah, and so they're missing out on the beauty of the sights that are there. We don't want to do that going through the Psalms, and so we're looking at the five individual sub-books within the book of Psalms that the Lord has laid out for us. And the second one of those starts in chapter 42, and, uh, and this uh, goes on through to uh, in the 70s as book number two. And it is talking about mainly in this particular section, suffering uh, of the godly and God's deliverance of, of them. And so Psalm 42 is not only representative, but it's absolutely stunning in its beauty. As we look at that, and, and by the way, at the end of each of the sub-books, there's a doxology. And we let me give you that example. Look at the last verse of chapter 41, verse 13. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, amen and amen. And this is typical of how each of these sub-books within Psalms ends. But as we enter chapter 42, or Psalm 42, we have these verses that have uh, caught the attentions of God's people throughout the ages. As a deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And so we find this great thirst, this great hunger for God himself that is in the heart of many of the children of God and should be in the heart of all of us. But we sometimes stop there. That is so outstanding and so beautiful. We stop at those two verses and we don't go on and look at the context. The context is that the psalmist here is hurting. We find in verse 3, My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember and I pour out my soul within me. He is hurting. He is suffering. Uh, he, matter of fact, when we go down to verse 5, he's in despair. Why are you in despair, O my soul, and why have you become disturbed within me? Well, and, and he says the same thing in verse 11 and in different words in verse 6. This man is just about to crumble. He is in despair. Uh, he has lost uh, his hope. He doesn't know where to turn. And the reason why is he, he believes, really, that God has abandoned him. In verse 9, I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do, go, do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As a shattering of my bones, my adversaries revile me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Uh, his enemies questioned whether God was even with him. And the psalmist had come to the place in his own life when he wondered, was God even with him? And so he is doubting that as well. So we have a real problem here. A man of God who pants for God, who thirsts for God, and yet he is in a deep, deep hole right here, the hole of despair. And he is now looking for hope. Where is that hope going to be found? Well, he knows where it's going to be found. And so he turns at the end of verse 5 and also the end of verse 11 and says basically the same thing. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. He's in despair. 
He wonders if God is even with him. He feels abandoned by the Lord. And yet he knows in his mind anyway that his hope can only be found in God. There's no hope in anybody else. There's no hope in himself. Uh, if he's going to be rescued, he has to be rescued by God. And so he hopes in God. Even against his emotions at this point in time, he turns and he, his hope is placed in the Lord and he's calling for the Lord to deliver him. So that takes us back to verses 1 and 2. Why is it that he pants for the Lord like a deer pants for the water brook? We have a picture of a deer who's very thirsty here and he needs to have his thirst quenched. Why does the psalmist turn to the Lord? Because his soul is dry and he knows that the only place where he can find a quenching of that thirst is in the Lord himself. Emotionally, he's not there yet. He's not sure what to do here. He's not sure uh, uh, what it transpires beyond his point, but he knows that God is the answer and the solution. And so his soul pants for God as he turns back to the water brook that is God. How many lives, how many souls have been uh, refreshed by the teaching of this great psalm? It gives us a wonderful, wonderful day and life in the Lord.